Hi, my name is Aisha McGowan. Welcome to Quick Brown Foxes, a podcast that seeks to answer the question of how to get more women of color into cycling by asking women of color how they got into cycling. This week, I'll be talking to Brooklyn Bell, a mountain biker based in Bellingham, Washington, who also uses her art as advocacy for representation in cycling, skiing, and generally the outdoors. I would like to thank my sponsors and partners, Live Cycling, SRAM, Carmichael Training Systems, Cliff Bar, 100%, and Feedback Sports. I would also like to thank all of my patrons on Patreon. If you would like to become one of them and support this project and my advocacy, you can do so at patreon.com slash aquickbrownfox. Hi, my name is Brooklyn Bell. Um, I am from Bellingham, Washington, um, originally from Seattle, um, but I've spent most of my life here in Bellingham. Um, and I am a student at Western Washington University about to graduate. Um, and I am also an artist and an avid, um, athlete, non-biking and also skiing. Okay. (laughs) There you go. Um, Perfect. How I got into non-biking was I was working at like a bagel shop um, and every day I would serve bagels um, and there was like a, a, every single day I would serve bagels. um, And after I was done working the bagel shop, I would go running and I would go running in the same spot every single day I'd run at Galbraith Mountain. Um, And Galbraith Mountain is, it is in Bellingham, Washington. Um, and, uh, Galbraith mountain is a mountain biking mountain. Um, there's people who run and hike up there, but it's mainly dominated by mountain bikers. Um, so I'd go up there, run every single day, go to work. I had, um, a regular who would come in every single day, order a Bialy with butter and dark coffee. Um, and I would serve him every single day. And then every single day I'd get done with work and he'd be there um, at Galbraith riding his bike. Um, and it just kind of got to the point where I would serve him like a bagel and he'd be like, Hey, like, why aren't you riding? I see you like every single day, like out on the trail. Um, like you should really just be on a bike. And I'm like, well, I can't really afford it. Like, I don't know if I'm like super interested in it. And he was like, well, if you want to go out, I've got an extra bike and we can go out. Um, and then I went out riding and I just got so hooked. Like it felt like running, but even better. And (laughs) I don't run anymore. (laughs) Like if you could do this, why would you run? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's, there are lots of people who appreciate both, but I am not one of them. (laughs) Cool. Um, okay. So this customer offered to let you borrow his bike to try it out and Mm -hmm. you tried it out. And then what happened next? Um, well, I kept on texting him and like being like, Hey, can I borrow your bike? And he'd be (laughs) like, no, (laughs) like it just kind of like got to the point where it was like, okay, if I want to continue doing this, I need to buy a bike. Um, and so I dropped basically all the money that I had in my bank account and, um, I went around to like a bunch of the different 
like local shops kind of shopping around for bikes. But there was one place, um, Earl's, there's a woman there who works there. Her name is Stacy and she's absolutely marvelous. Um, when I first started riding, she just inspired me and she told me that, Hey, like, if this is what you want to do. Like you can own this and this can be yours. And she sold me my first hardtail. When I first started learning about mountain bikes, I had no idea what people meant when they said hardtail, full suspension, travel, all of these keywords. So let me help you out a bit. A hardtail is a bike that has suspension in the front, but not in the rear. So suspension is the springy stuff that makes the bike squish when you run over a rock or a, a twig or a bump in the road. Full suspension means you got squishy stuff in the front and in the back, and people affectionately refer to that as full squish. So hardtail means only squish in the front, full suspension means squish in the front and in the rear, and travel is, I believe, the distance that the squish moves if it's a lot of squish or just a little squish. So I guess a medium travel or mid travel would be just the right amount of squish. She was like a 27.5 Scott Hardtail, like something you would buy at REI. Um, but she was great. I like put like nice tires on her, like put like different bars on her. Um, she was an awesome bike. I like kind of still wish I had her. Um, oh, did you sell it? Yeah, I sold her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saved up for almost a whole entire year and I bought my first full suspension bike. Um, which was a Kona Process 134 mid-travel bike. And then I just kind of got hooked on Kona and um, riding squishy bikes and kind of started getting more into jumps and drops and free ride and really just loving the kind of trails that are in the area. Was that all available on the same trail that you were using initially or did you have to like expand your locations no, it was just there. Like everything has just kind of a ride around and then you just kind of start riding. Like my group of people that I was riding with, like everybody was kind of progressing together and it'd be like, Oh, like I heard about this other trail. We should go check it out. Or like the, the, the town of Bellingham is, um, has just such a strong like biking community too. Um, where did you find that group of people? Um, I originally found that group of people through the Joy Riders. Um, they were a like group of women who kind of brought in new riders um, and you know taught like a lot of skills, but really just like provided a way for like women to just have a, a lead ride. Um, and then as I started kind of progressing, um, I found like a group of women who wanted to do. Um, kind of like a little bit more advanced riding. And then we formed kind of like our little group called the Kona Supremes. And we did that for a little bit and we all raced together. Um, and now, now Kona Supremes is no longer, but we still ride and we still enjoy spending time together. Gotcha. Um, yeah. so how many bikes have you bought since Sweet Pea? <laughs> That's a really good question. So, <clears throat> I bought four bikes. That's, and how, how much time, how much time has it been since you started? It's been, 
I think it's going on like four and a half years. It's been a, <coughs> it's been really quick. I really, I started like demoing bikes when I first got my first full suspension bike and I just really love their product. Um, I really love their product and like early on, early on into like mountain biking, I had like a company like reach out to me for sponsorship. And I was like, no, this is kind of premature. Like, I don't even really know how to ride a bike. (laughs) 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 And I reached out to Kona because we had like this group of women who were all riding Kona bikes who were riding together every day. And I reached out to Kona one of the ladies who worked there and I was like, Hey, like, I think we need to do this thing where we like get together as a group and we like start, you know, like building off of this and like making this the gym because, you know, like we have something special going on here. seems like everybody likes their product. And, um, at that point, like a couple of the girls who were part of like the group had like had other companies like trying to approach them about sponsorship. And I'm like, we should just do this. And they were, they were pretty receptive obviously oh, yeah. it worked out totally yeah absolutely a girl like a group of girls wanting to ride your bikes and like take photos and you know have the stoke and have like the party and all that good stuff of course it's okay great marketing so the Kona Supremes are no more you said but you guys still mm-hmm. ride are you mostly just mm-hmm. doing like solo stuff or like what is what does that look like now for me, for riding? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I ride whenever I can. I mean, like, a lot of times I'll go solo or I'll go with, out with friends. Like, um, during the summertime, <laughs> it's really funny. I, like, post up on Galbraith Mountain and, like, just do laps and just, like, wait until I, like, run into people or, like, wait at the top, scope out who's up there and see if there's anybody who looks like they'd be fast and, like, try to catch them. <laughs> Um, so I'll go out on, I go out on like a lot of rides by myself. I think, um, especially with being in school and being really busy, like a lot of times, like ride is kind of, um, my way of like releasing stress and just like staying really fit. Um, but then there are times where it's just like riding is just my way of spending time with my friends and having a really good time with community. You're still in school. What are you studying? Graphic design. Right. I knew that. I did know that. I don't think, I don't think which, everyone would know that, but yeah. I really love all of like the, um, like the branding, like the logos, like all of the stuff that you've done to like build up um, like a quick brown fox. I think it's so dynamic and so cool. Thank you. I, yeah, I've had some pretty awesome people help me out and um, I've been able to work with some pretty talented artists. So I guess I'm it's so good. doing all right. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Okay. So you don't just ride bikes. What else do you do? You said you ski and um, right now you're sitting in a climbing gym. No one else can see you, but me, <laughs> but so I'm assuming that that's also a part of your, your, your normal activity <laughs> pool. <laughs> did that did biking lead to these other things or did these other things sort of lead to biking like was it like were you just running and why were you running were you just running for exercise or what was the deal there maybe just running for exercise 
like I said, like kind of like that stress release. I think like for me, like at least with skiing and mountain biking, like those kind of two, like I went into head first. Um, I did like a little bit of figure skating when I was little. So like skiing came like pretty easy. And then um, I went skiing like a couple times as a kid, but not like a ton. So like mountain biking and skiing, like I just kind of took on head first and it felt like all the kids that I was mountain biking with, we would transition over to winter and we would ski and then we'd also ride bikes during the winter as well. So it's the um, same crew of people? Pretty much. <laughs> Is there skiing in Bellingham or do you have to travel out a little bit to get to some slopes? Um, so it's like an about an hour's drive to the mountain. Okay. Um, and during spring break, it's kind of fun. I've done like this, like the last couple of years, I'll stay here for spring break and it works out with like the weather window so that in the mornings you can go and ski. And then in the afternoon that you can go and get a lap on bikes. It's so much fun. <laughs> and do you sleep? I don't <laughs> just a lot of coffee and a lot of gas station snacks. <laughs> oh boy. When are you done with school? Um, in the spring. This spring, so you're almost yes. done. So class yes, is 2019. Right. Congratulations, that's huge. Thank you. I'm kind of in this spot where it's like so confusing. I'm like, so I like get done in the spring, but I still don't have a job, or like I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm doing all this freelance work, and I'm like, what do I do with my life? <laughs> do you want to stay where you are? I think so. It's pretty fun here, um, but there's not very many good jobs here at all. Um, so I'm hoping that I can um, continue doing freelance and hopefully do freelance work full time. That is the dream. Cool. Yeah. So what kind of graphic design do you do? Talk a little bit about talk a little bit about yourself. You never know who's listening and yeah, possibly has an opportunity. Um, so the majority of the graphic design work that I do is branding. Um, I do a lot of branding. I do a lot of logo work. Um, I do like illustration work. Um, I've done t-shirts. I've done, um, like top sheets for skis, um, fenders for bikes, um, just a variety of different, um, products. Um, and my style is kind of like this mixture between, um, like landscape line art and digital art. Um, and, I have a background in design, so it kind of um, has like a, how do I explain this? My background, my background with art and design is very much intertwined. So everything that I make is a combination of um, st stuff that kind of just comes out of my soul. And then also, you know, like the background of design, um, being a part of like yearbook as a kid, working in Photoshop since I was like 12, like I've been a designer for a really long time. Sweet. And you also participate in a lot of like outdoor advocacy and like leadership stuff. Who are you involved with? What do you do? How did you get into that? Like, how did it go from working at a bagel shop and running every day to becoming an emerging leader for the center of Jackson Hole? Um, that is a really good question. I felt like 
when I was asked to become an emergent leader for um, the for shift a couple years ago, um, really they asked me because they used my picture for the advertisement and they needed a spot that needed to be filled. Um, and so I went out kind of like as this athlete, as this artist, um, and I went out and I learned so much and I was just so mind blown, um, by the community, um, that I felt that I felt like I was missing. And I think after that, and I felt, I felt like there was community that was missing and I feel like in all of the years that I've spent in Bellingham, I have never really felt like I fit in. I've never really felt like I fit into outdoor sports. I feel like I'm constantly having to prove myself like all the time, or I just don't really see very many people. I, there's definitely like people of color who do my sports who are like legendary at mountain biking and skiing, but I don't get to see them in representation at all. And, um, I think all of that kind of like came together and I went to shift and I was like, wow, this is awesome. What can I do to be a part of this? And really like, um, I'm definitely more of a shower rather than a teller. Um, I definitely have a lot of anxiety speaking out in front of people and I've done it before. Um, and it's always super nerve wracking, but I think what really like sets my heart on fire is, um, like being involved in all of these communities and creating art, um, and creating these messages and creating this branding and, you know, like really focusing my energy on, um, being able to like provide something, um, as far as like art and like graphic design. So you actually, speaking of being able to contribute with art, you designed the, the CEO pledge, the diversity CEO pledge for Teresa Baker's. I did. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like how did she just approach you and like, what was your inspiration for how that design turned out? Like Tell me about it. Um, so Teresa approached me about this over the summer. Um, and it was her and Danielle and Chris who got a hold of me. And they just sent me an email. They just sent me a quick email. Um, I looked through what kind of the pledge stood for. And um, immediately I was like, wow, like, I want to be a part of, like, big change. Um, and so really I – it was, it was so quick. We, I mocked up a couple of logos, um, put together a couple of ideas, sent them off. And really like my idea was I wanted to create, um, a design that could be used for so many different things. And that could be like reutilized and like repurposed. And it was really cool. Like seeing the pledge come out and seeing so many people like repurpose like the pledge or like put it over a different like photo or use it in a different background and like be able to like really spread this message and just have the one like logo stand for a lot of different things. Um, and so it was really cool to see like people kind of get creative with the images that I created. Yeah. It's always great seeing the stuff that you put out in the world. Um, reach people in different ways and like just seeing their interpretations of things. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, okay. Think, oh, go ahead. 
And I think that is, you know, like part of, um, part of what we're fighting for with inclusion is giving everybody like a chance to make it their own, you know? Yeah, for sure. There's not one way to see things or appreciate things or do things. (laughs) Um, and it's such a simple message, but for some reason, some people have a really hard time grasping that. So it's, it seems like change is happening and in the, in the places where it's not, people are demanding that it happen. And so that's really nice to see. Um, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you feel? I think one project that I think is really like near and dear to my heart is, um, the t-shirt design that I did for like Brown Girls Climb. Um, I, have been kind of like working on this character series. Um, the first character started like a couple of years ago. Her name is Ruby J. And Ruby J is a character that I created to be like my own hero. She's kind of like this badass gear, mountain biker. Like I created her and I was like, oh man, I want to be like Ruby J. And it's been really cool kind of creating the character of Ruby J and then kind of living out what she wants me to be. And she's more than just an athlete. She's an advocate and she's an artist and she speaks her mind. And she, I think I could definitely be better at speaking my mind and speaking out and not being afraid, but I'm still learning from her. Um, And I continue to just kind of like add to these characters. I think um, there's just an endless amount of like, characters that I could create, um, that kind of filled the void of, um, what we're lacking in representation. Um, and Bethany from Brown Girls Climb, she approached me with making a t-shirt design and what we created was just, it was so fun and it was so great being able to create something with her and seeing the final product and being like, Oh my gosh, this is so obvious. And this is so identifiable with for hopefully a lot of people I created this character who um she's got like an afro but her afro is just like mountains and she's got carabiners flowing through her afro-y mountainy hair and um I think for me like sitting down and drawing it out like I showed it to my sister and me and her were both like yeah I remember you know driving into Bellingham we're like driving through the mountains and like seeing these like hills that are covered in trees and thinking, oh, that kind of looks like my hair. Like the forest looks like my hair. Nature looks like my hair, but never seeing a real representation of that. And um, I thought it was cool that it was just so obvious that like I could, it was just like, oh, mountains are Afros. And it's just like, why haven't we seen that yet? Um, But I feel really honored and really lucky to like be able to step into that role. and hopefully like create heroes for myself and create heroes for other people and create stuff that people I really identify with. Um, So your work with Brown Girls Climb is mostly as an artist. Do you do anything else with them? Uh, Mostly as an artist. I've actually been thinking about this lately. There have been so many new kids coming into Bellingham, coming into the gym. And I've been so excited to see so many new faces. I'm like, oh my gosh, 
I really would love to do like a Brown Girls Climb meetup here in Bellingham. Maybe once I'm done with school, but I want to make sure that it's like perfect and like that it goes smoothly. Um, and I just keep on thinking like, I love this town so much. I love Bellingham. I love the climbing gym. Like I want to be able to bring um, so much that I'm like learning and like so much good community to the places that I love so much. Cool. All right. Yeah. I think we've covered all the things. So just, just to recap, so you were working in a bagel shop mm-hmm. and you had a regular customer that was a mountain biker and you'd see him every day on the trail when you were running. And eventually he suggested that you borrow his bike and ride with him. How many times did that happen before he was like, I'm not going to let you borrow my bike anymore. I think that happened like three times. Okay. <laughs> so he let you borrow the bike like quick. three times. It was enough for you to get hooked. Yeah. <laughs> and so you decided to spend what money you had on a bike and you started riding and you built community and found your people and made the Kona Supremes. And so it started with not the Kona Supremes, but the Joy Riders. Yeah. And they kind of showed you the ropes and like gave you a little bit more confidence on your bike. And then you went to the, you, you started the Kona Supremes with a group of women that wanted to do a little bit more. Right. And so now that's done, but you're still working with Kona as an ambassador. Is that correct? Yes. Cool. And you're almost done with design school. Where do you go to school? I go to school at Western Washington university. And you graduate spring of 2019. Was it in like May? Yes. Yes. You graduate May of 2019 and then you enter the real world and you want to do freelance design, but you specifically would like to use your art as a, as an advocacy tool for diversity and inclusion in the outdoors. That's really cool. I don't know if I've ever heard that to be honest. And it's not necessarily because no one's doing it. I just don't think it's something that I've even thought about. I just, I've just been like, for me, it's just like, there's, no other way for me to like like go about things it's just the way that I problem solve it's like if I'm having a terrible day it's like I'm gonna sit down and draw if I'm like solving a problem um I'm gonna you know like create something and if I'm trying to fill the void of representation then I'll just create something new right yeah no that's that's (laughs) actually really fantastic I think like for me specifically, the reason I do the things I do is because I enjoy them. And so that mm-hmm. makes it so that I'm much better at it. Like I'm really good at it because I'm, I enjoy it. Like I genuinely enjoy what I'm doing. And I think it's really like brilliant for you to use the art that you enjoy to like to create the change that you want to make. I think that's great. Like it's, it's Thank you. perfect. So do that. That is fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am not in, I'm not a visual artist in that way. Um, And so it's really awesome when I can see people like create imagery from their brains. And so, yeah, no, no, I think it's super impressive and I've seen your work and I think it's all really beautiful. And I too like the simplicity and like, like just the range of ways that the diversity pledge logo has been used um, and we're seeing a lot more of it now because of the whole Cambridge outdoors thing. Um, 
But I think it's really cool that she's got this visual representation of the thing that she's trying to, to, to push forward in the world. And it's really cool that you created that. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, of course. All right. So if you had any advice that you wanted to give like black girls, brown girls, or anyone trying to get into mountain bikes, what would that be? Um, make it your own. Like if you can go out with a group of friends, if you're like blasting your music, like, well, be respectful, of course, but you know, you know, like play your like Drake in the morning when you go ride, like make it your own. Um, you know, every, like all these biker bros are going to tell you what you need to, you know, really like so much of like the gear, so much of what you're wearing or like your bike just comes out, comes down to preference. And there's no really like right way to get into biking. Um, there is not. No. So you just have to go for it. What are the chances we will see you on a road bike anytime soon? Uh, Maybe. That might happen. I've been like invited to go out on some pretty big gravel rides, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> when <laughs> are the, when are the gravel rides that you've been? Invited? Um, there was like a gravel ride that I got invited to go to, like the spring, like down in Durango, and I'm like, oh, that sounds so cool. Oh but man, I don't know. Well, if you uh, can make it happen, it yeah, make it happen. How's how was your riding going? What have you been up to? Uh, just training. Racing starts in about a week and a half. So I will oh know gosh. how it's going when it, when it happens. Yeah. <laughs> so I think like with like recreational riding, there's not really this like quantifiable like thing that helps you know like how it's going other than I'm having a good time or I'm yeah. having a horrible time. Um, but with racing, totally. it's like, well, I'm really good or I'm not very good. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but it's a long season. Bye. It's still February. So God forbid I'm not having a good time in a week and a half. I have, <laughs> I have a couple months to, to, to get the stoke up. So I, I don't know. I feel pretty good. I think it's going to be really good. But you never know until, until, you're in the, until, un, until you're in the thick of it and it sucks or it doesn't. Um, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like the weird, it's like weird time of year where things like are kind of slow, but you know that they're going to ramp up really quick and you're like, Oh, yep. I'm going to hold on for dear life. Yep. Are you, do you do any mountain bike racing? Or is that something that you are into at all? Um, I wanted to do races this summer, but I ended up getting weighted listed. Um, but I do have my first big mountain free ride competition for skiing in a couple weeks. And I'm really nervous for that. Oh, you're going to crush it. <laughs> I'm so nervous. I'm like not so nervous about the skiing, but I'm so nervous about being uncomfortable. I guess it's really cold and they have you stand up at like the top for a really, really long time. I'd be nervous um, about that too. I don't like the cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you like, can you like bring layers to shed before you go down or does it not I work? I think like that's that? what I'm going to do. I think I'm just going to buy like, 10 like little hotties and just like put them all in my jacket and like, hopefully, hopefully you have survive. a plan. <laughs> Do it right yeah. now. It happened. Sweet. Yeah. All right. So thank you so much for doing this and yeah. taking the time out of your very busy day. Uh, you said you were doing homework and like 
doing design work in between climbing and classes. So (laughs) it seems like you got your plate pretty full. So I appreciate you doing this and sharing your story with us. And enjoy the rest of your evening. Long past you. I do have one question for you. What is your um, question? Before. I think this was a question that I had for you a while ago. Um, but I was wondering, kind of like, what do you, what opportunities do you pick up and like what opportunities do you turn down? The what? ones that make your heart smile, you pick those up. Yeah. Um, and if they don't make your heart smile, but somehow by you doing it, it can make someone else's heart smile then you do that too. Um, Like someone you care about. And if nobody's heart's going to smile from this, don't do it. (laughs) That's such great advice. That's awesome. Keep it simple. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I think the like Marie Kondo method of life in general is like the way to go. Like, does this spark joy? No? (laughs) Thank you for its service. And like... Get rid of it. (laughs) That's awesome. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I like, um, I I feel like this last fall, um, I did like a bunch of, I did like a couple of articles. I did like some, I spoke on like some panels. I like really put myself out there and I just got so exhausted. Um, And I've just been trying to find kind of like that balance between um, being like a really powerful, really good advocate. And then also being like a strong athlete and also being an artist, like in between that and trying to find balance is difficult. Uh, yeah, I think you're not alone there. (laughs) I think everyone's kind of having a similar struggle and Mm -hmm. it gets a little easier when you learn to say no to things. Um, Mm. And that's really, really hard because sometimes even when it's going to make someone's heart smile, maybe you honestly just don't have the time. And that's OK, too. Like you have to yeah. be willing to say no if it's going to deplete you to the point where you can't exist anymore. And like you're also in school and skiing and climbing and mountain biking and just doing so much stuff. So like doing all of these advocacy things on top of that. It's going to be a lot, um, and it might feel a little bit better once you're done with school, but even then, learning to say no will help a lot. Yeah, definitely have so much learning, um, so much learning and unlearning to do in this next year, and I'm very excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm, I, I really enjoy watching your social media feeds and seeing what you're up to, not in a <laughs> creepy stalker way, but just like in a you inspire me way, and I think... Um, you're not doing it wrong, so don't worry so much about it. Thanks so much to Brooklyn for her time, and thank you for listening. That concludes this chapter of Quick Brown Foxes. For more on Brooklyn Bell, you can follow her at BadGalBrookie on Instagram. I would like to thank my sponsors and partners, Live Cycling, SRAM, Carmichael Training Systems, Cliff Bar, 100%, and Feedback Sports. I would also like to thank all of my patrons on Patreon. If you would like to become one of them and support this project and my advocacy, you can do so at patreon.com slash aquickbrownfox. For more on me, races, advocacy, and etc., you can also find me at www.aquickbrownfox.com or on social media at I suppose, A-Y-E-S-U-P-P-O-S-E on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
Thanks so much. Until next time.